This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Sorepreneurs, Uninterrupted with Chevelle McPherson. From teenage mom to a recognized top 100 national trial lawyer, award-winning international speaker, number one best-selling author, and successful business and legal strategist, Chevelle certainly knows how to soar, uninterrupted. She's here today to empower and educate you with effective business and legal strategies you can use to build and scale a successful business without interruption. Get ready. Get set. Let's soar. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Chevelle McPherson. Welcome to Sorepreneurs Uninterrupted. I am your hostess with the mostest, Chevelle McPherson. I am super hyped today because I have the awesome, the amazing Lori Ann Reeves here joining me. And before I introduce her, I just want to give you some of her background. She helps business owners triple their sales. She helps you add $100,000. Get this, ladies and gentlemen, six figures to your bottom line. She can help you do that. She is the queen of doing that. She can help you grow a profitable and sustainable business. And her background includes eight years in corporate sales. She worked for a Fortune 100 company. She has a master's degree in psychology. She's worked 17 years as a licensed professional therapist in her own clinical practice where she served individuals, couples, families, and consultants to local corporations around difficult employees. She um, has helped prepare employees for overseas assignments. She sold two businesses and now combines all of her business strategy, skills, and her psychological background and tools to make sure that her clients are successful in their business building, their business relationships, and leadership in being the CEO of their businesses. With no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to have my friend, my colleague, the expert, the queen of sales, Lori Ann Reeves, joining us here today. How are you, Lori Ann? Oh, I'm fine. I'm great. It's a wonderful day here, and I am so excited to talk about this topic. So oh, you I know can't what? wait to dive in. Let me tell you, I can't wait to talk about this topic either because, listen, we all know that but before we say anything else, we must let entrepreneurs know, know that sales is the lifeline of your business, right? Yes. If you yes. can't sell, you will, your business will die. I don't care how good everything else is going because you have to have clients, right? Right. You have to have clients, you have to sell your products. And, um, and the 90% of businesses in this country will be done in five years, all due to cash flow. And we don't seem to get that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I'm glad we are going to um, shed some light to our listeners today on how important it is to not only sell, but how critical it is to be good at it. And I know that you're going to share some really good nuggets with them to, to give them a, a process of how they can become better at sales. But before we get into the actual, um, the sales and the, 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 the really the nuggets around that, um, I know who you are. I've known you. I respect your work. I've seen you do great things. I've seen you, you know, transform businesses. I've seen you bring businesses back to life and people back to life. But I want the listeners to know um, a little bit about you, your background, how you got to become known as the queen of sales. So can you share a little bit about that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I had some typical journey and then I haven't had a typical journey. So for me, you know, um, the big, the first one was when my folks told me I couldn't uh, go to college because they didn't have enough money and I scrambled because I wanted to go to college and I found a scholarship, not in something I was good at, mm -hmm. but I made it. Um, you know, and then I uh, did a little few years in manufacturing and then did eight years in corporate sales. And the first year, I didn't even know I was good at it, but the first year I won sales rep of the year. So it let me know I could bring in millions of dollars for this company. And it was the start of me understanding that my personal background with my grandfather and his family, my maternal grandfather, they were typical immigrants that came to the United States and started a, uh, a laundry business before everyone had washers or dryers. And he used to take me on his routes and have me collect the money. And I think all that between that and my corporate sales and then the psychology that I learned as a, a therapist helps me understand where people are at 
and um, what's getting their way and then how to teach them the strategy. But I don't think I would be here if I hadn't gotten divorced after nearly 30 years of marriage because... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, we, the interesting thing about that is just prior to him telling me he wanted a divorce was we were at our best. The money was the best. Our son was about ready to graduate. We were good uh, personally. Everything was good. Money, intimacy, you name it. And... Um, and then, like a, a year later, it was gone. And you were married for you were married for thirty years for uh, thirty one and a half. By the time I divorced, right. and, before, uh, before the first thirty years, you described it as you were in a great marriage. The money yeah. was good, everything was good. You had one son from that from that relationship, yes. right? Yeah. And, and I mean, we had ups and downs. It wasn't perfection, but we had gotten to the spot around a uh, year 29 and 30 where everything was firing on all cylinders. You know, okay. it was just really good. Um, and then he took an assignment overseas and I was um, about to go and meet him. I commuted for a while and all of a sudden he called me on our 31st wedding anniversary through Skype and said he wanted a divorce. Well, wow. he had met someone, all I'll say, it turned out to be a huge soap opera. It was difficult because he refused to come back to the U.S. to deal with this. He left everything in my lap. And, um, you know, I have to admit that first year after the divorce, even though I was working, I, I took the opportunity to retool myself into what you see today. Right. But that first year, I mean, there were days I couldn't get off. The, the I know. I can I can imagine. I mean, a thirty year a thirty year marriage is a long right. is a long time. Um, you have invested in you know one another, right. and you, you see yourself you know going to the grave with this person, and it could be absolutely, yeah, right. And it could be devastating, especially yeah, especially you know at a time when like what were you doing in your career at that point? Because you said you were about to move overseas. Yeah, I had just decided to downsize my practice and, and I sold it. And so I sold it. I um, had been dabbling in a creative business. And during my divorce in that first year, I was also um, uh, building that up some. And But I knew I needed to work with people. I right. mean, for me to be a therapist... It was easy for me. Right. I, I was kind of known for taking on difficult clients, whether it was families or couples and in, in, uh, uh, with Boeing and NASA, because those are in the refineries in the area. So I did some consulting. That's where the uh, difficult employees or managers came in. Okay. And I knew I had to get back to that because that is my strength. And I will tell right. the audience this. A year before, uh, about six months before I knew I was divorcing, I said to the universe, God, who, whatever you believe in, I said, I am not living my full potential. Tell me what to do. What I didn't know was the cost of that was the divorce because I know today I would not be firing on everything I'm doing and bringing it all to the table. I'd have gone overseas, done something part-time, traveled. It would have been a good life, but it would not have expanded who I was really here to serve. So it's a, it's a tough lesson, but it definitely made me think those first couple of years. So you basically prayed um, and you yes. relied on your faith because you knew that you wanted to do something different. And uh, this is the thing that I love about this story because I'm a huge fan and faith and like divine intuition and yes. intervention. And I don't think that anything happens for a reason. Right. You prayed for the opportunity. You prayed for an opportunity to be able yes. to do something that you were passionate about. And yes. what you didn't realize was the vehicle to your, through your passion was that divorce. Absolutely. And, and I know it now. Um, I tell people tell me all the time It's one of the big fears, especially about women entrepreneurs, if they grow into who they are, they're afraid of losing their marriage or their partnership. And so it doesn't always have to happen like it happened for me. Uh, looking back, I could have done some different things. Right. But to be honest, he wasn't growing and I was continuing to grow. So for me, that was different. But for other people, you can have a conversation with your spouse as right. a business owner and prevent some of that. And if right. you're meant to stay married and become the best you are as a business owner, it will happen. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think, and listen, here's the thing. I'm all for, you know, wonderful, happy marriages, yes. happy relationships. I'm not, you know, here to promote divorce. I'm not here right. to promote anything in regard to relationships. But what I will say is whether it's a relationship, whether it's a termination, whatever it is, and it typically comes to you in the form of some type of obstacle, right? Yes. But I always tell people that there is opportunity in every obstacle. Don't go, you know, like, oh my God, you know, um, this this is terrible. Look at it and say, God, why is this happening to me? Like, what do you want me to get from it right. and, and take out of it? Because in that obstacle is the opportunity always for you to do something greater. And that's just my yeah. opinion. I, I totally agree with you, Chevelle. I would not be an entrepreneur if I hadn't gotten fired from two corporate jobs. And that's what happened. Exactly. Even though I was a good employee, right. I was entrepreneurial from the start and it didn't fit the corporate life. And on the second one, I just said, that's it. I'm going back to school and I'm going to have my own thing. And that's when I went back and got my master's degree. No, I I love it because you know what? (laughs) Listen, listen, the same thing happened with me. Like I didn't go, I ended up, when I graduated from college, you know, I was a teen mom, right? Uh Yes. When I graduated from college, you know, that was a big achievement for me. I thought, okay, I always wanted to go to law school. I knew I wanted to make a bigger impact in the world, but I figured, look, I just got through college. I have this kid, you know, I'm a single parent. It'll be difficult. So I said, I'm going to be a paralegal because that's, you know, law school's four years. I can become a paralegal in four months. So I basically go take this paralegal course, become a paralegal. I kind of, you know, I kind of, I was good at what I did, but my mindset wasn't there because I really wanted to be an attorney end up, you know, getting fired from that position. But because I was fired, now it was like, okay, what else am I going to do? I guess I'll go to law school. That's what I really want to do. There's nothing else to do. You know, there's no jobs knocking on my door. So that termination led me to apply, get accepted, go to law school and walk down this path of my career. And we can go on and on about that. But the, the moral of the story is, again, when negative things happen to you or things happen to you that appear to be, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a termination, whether it's a health issue, whatever it is, always look for the opportunity in that. Would you not agree? Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. It's, it's what, what's the message? What's the, um, what's the lesson? And what's right. the opportunity? Even if you're in the middle of grief or being mad, just keep asking yourself that. Eventually, you will get an answer. Right. So what ultimately led up to you going into sales. So let's talk about your journey to um, becoming the queen of sales. Okay. That. I think that my first training ground was working in my grandfather's business. And I only did that until I went to school. I drove, he had a truck, he did the deliveries and he was the marketer. And he would say he to me, marketer. he was the marketer. He he would make sure I was dressed up to the hilt and my grandmother made me a new outfit every two weeks. And he would take me, give me the ticket and I would ask for the money. So at an early age, he taught me that. But he would also take me to the park where moms had their children and if they weren't clients, he would tell me to go play with those kids so he could talk to the moms. Okay. He actually was brilliant. There's so, so many things about that. So you, so you actually, you will, will sort of... Uh trace back your initial sales training from your grandfather, Absolutely. My maternal grandfather and his family. It was a family that had a laundry business. All seven brothers and sisters worked it. Every house was paid for. Um, No one had a mortgage. They had cars. And and in the day, I didn't realize that my um, that family had money because um, my grandparents had a house that was paid for. They had a three-car garage. Now, we're talking about in the day. I was going to say... Yeah, in the day, he had a Cadillac every two years. So, But it didn't dawn on me that they had money because my parents were not entrepreneurs and they kept saying we were poor, but it's not true. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's but not there's true. That, there's that psychology around yes, money that comes up, yes. right? Now, and, my family didn't make money, but they benefited from my grandparents. They bought things for them, and but we, but we didn't get the money. You know, third generation right. is about Peter's out. But anyways, that is the start. And then I, my first job was in Toledo, Ohio. I grew up in Rhode Island, and um, I went to Toledo, Ohio, out of school. I had a textile chemistry degree. General Tire hired me. Uh, it was a quality control job. I hated it. And um, I got fired from it. 
And I decided at the I had met my husband at that time. And so we moved to Houston from Toledo. We didn't want to stay. He got his job. And the only job I could find was a sales job. Okay. I mean, they hired me because I had a technical degree. I was selling chemicals to the roofing industry and eventually to the beer and wine industry, which turned out to be a great job. And I did that for eight years. But again, got fired. Went to sales, eight years, got fired again, was going through infertility, difficult to get my son, got pregnant the first month I went back to grad school, and then did my practice, divorced, and then now this. So it's just a culmination of everything and the journey that God put out there for me. (laughs) Right. So that journey, so you went through that journey of, um, you know, going through the, the, the marriage, the sales with your granddad, um, having your son, having your practice for all those many years where you were, yeah. you know, dealing with, with patients and clients and all, you know, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, and it sounds like sales has always been, you've always understood sales. Um, I always understood it on an unconscious level. And that's the thing that was different. Uh, there were 25 of us that <clears throat> graduated from um, with our master's in psychology. And within five years, I was the only one being successful in a private practice. And I know now it's because when people would call, I would know what to say mm-hmm. to them. To get them well, you know, you know, this is interesting. And um, I'm going to take a break in a moment. But this yeah. is this is the thing that I want to I want to hone on. As I listen through your conversation um, in every area of your life, no matter what it, whether it was in your clinical practice, whether it was at the corporate sales job, whether it's with your grandfather, from early on, whether you realize it or not, you, you got a great foundation for sales and the importance of sales. Yes. Because if it wasn't for your grandfather being good with sales and, 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 and instilling those same skills in you, I mean, that's how his business was successful. You said he had how many laundromats? Right. He had, you know, three car garage home. He was a successful man and he was a businessman. So you and I know from our training and our experience now that to be a successful businessman and to have acquired um, all of those benefits that he acquired came because of sales. He had clients. He knew how to customers. He knew how to communicate with them. And at the end of the day, he knew how to do the most important thing every entrepreneur on this planet needs to know how to do. And that is to get paid. To get paid, to make money. That's right. And and as much money as the results you can provide. I agree. What's important. I agree. And and the interesting thing, you and I had uh, the same mentor. Uh, not yes. at the same time. Well, that mentor hired me to do some sales for for them. And it wasn't un- right. uh, way back in the day. And it wasn't until I did the first one, I realized I know what to do. I know how to take this and now grow my business right. as big as I want it. So again, it was so out of the blue. Someone called me, our mentor called and said, Hey, do, will you go to New York and do this sales um, uh, spot for me? Because no one else can go. I went, sure. Money. <laughs> I love it. And you know, and this is the thing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on that a little bit further. Um, yeah. Because every guest that I talk to on this show, we all talk about, um, this is another thing that entrepreneurs need to understand. Mentorship. Okay. Um, mentorship is critical. It's important. One of the things that you just said, first of all, just to even bring you up to the point of where you are now, from your conversation, you had a mentor early on. You had your grandfather mentoring you. When you worked in these companies and these corporate places, you had supervisors that were mentoring you, that were honing, you know, helping you hone certain sales skills, right? And then when you got into your clinical practice, this is the thing that people have to understand. Because I have a law practice. I have a business coaching practice. I have a, a, a tax division in my firm. It doesn't matter what business you're in. You have to have great skills for sales because yes. you have to get clients, right? Yes. So then you, one of the last things that you talked about was this um, mentor that, you know, we had in common. Um, that mentor is great and brilliant with sales. Yes. Right? Probably yes. one of the best sales, you know, women I know on the planet. Right? Absolutely. And to Absolutely. be mentored by her. Okay. Like you were mentored by her for a few years. Yes. Right? And, and the interesting thing that is, 
with your skills, with your talents, with your degrees, with you having owned businesses, you still hired a mentor. Oh, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Which because people need to understand this. You're, you hired a mentor not because you needed to necessarily learn how to do certain things, but a mentor helps you strategize the, the, the skill, helps you use the skills that you have to, right. to be able to develop strategies so that you can just become even better. Because typically when you hire a mentor, that mentor is a few steps ahead of you. And that mentor can now lay out a roadmap and say, Lorianne, I see that, you know, you know how to do this. You're really good. This you're really good in this. If you just do, it could be one thing. You can just add this one piece. Mm -hmm. Your business will skyrocket, right? Absolutely. So, right. That sounds like that's what happened to you. And then that same mentor turns around and hires you. To help at an event. And now your light really goes on and go, that's the, I think that was your light bulb moment when you go, probably went, wow. I think at that moment, that's when you realize without saying it or, you know, or hearing it from anybody else, that's when your insides said, I'm the queen of sales. Absolutely. (laughs) It was in that moment I said to myself, after, after only talking to one person, oh my gosh. This is, I need to consciously say that yes. I know this and this yes. is what I'm good at. Yes. And she told me, you know, you only make about $2,000 that, because I'd never done it before. Not the sales part, but this kind of event, it's a little right. different. And I came home with 10 grand. And, and you were told you were only going to be able to make what? 2000 And you made what? 10 grand. $10,000. Right. You more than triple what you were expected to make. Okay. So I want, listen, I'm going to take a commercial break, but I'm going to leave right there on that note. Cause I want that to resonate with the listeners. Lori Ann Reeves, the queen of sales went to an event, was hired to, to, um, to do a sales, um, portion of the event to close clients for, a, you know, someone's event. Um, and it was, it was expected of her to make $2,000 in a, in a day, right? Right. right. Well, for that two day, for that For the two day event. Right. Right. But she made 10,000 and that's all because she is brilliant at sales. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a commercial break. We're going to come back and then I'm going to get into the head of the queen of sales so that she can share with us and impart with us how it is she does what she does. And I want her to leave us with some nuggets so that we too can get better at sales. Because if you're not selling, you are going out of business. We'll be right back. See you in a moment. You're listening to Sorepreneurs Uninterrupted with Chevelle McPherson. Are you a coach, consultant, expert, or service-based entrepreneur? Are you ready to build a sustainable business, scale a business to six figures or beyond, or legally protect your business? If you answered yes to any of these questions, we have a gift just for you. At Soar to Success Academy, entrepreneurs just like you hire us to accelerate their income and protect their profit. Today, you can download a free copy of our business Soar Blueprint. This blueprint will give you a step-by-step roadmap on how to not only build a profitable business, but how to also legally protect it. Your business Soar Blueprint is just a click away. Go to ChevelleMcPherson.com to claim your free blueprint and start building a profitable and protected business that will give you greater impact and greater income. Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is Chevelle McPherson. I'm here with Lori Ann Reeves, aka the Queen of Sales. We have been talking at the first part of the show, or during the first part of the show, about Lori Ann's background. Um, I think you know she, this lady was born to sell. It's been in her blood, even even with her background in psychology and her having her clinical practice. I tell people all the time, you know, doctors have to know how to sell, lawyers have to know how to sell, marketers have to know how to sell. You know, veterinarians have to know how to sell. If you're in business, you must know how to sell. So I'm going to start talking um, in this part um, of the show about sales. I want to get into the nitty gritty of sales. So Lori Ann, can you share with us first and foremost, um, the importance of sales as we've just been talking about and um, your take on it? Like how can an entrepreneur um, become better at that? 
Sure. So um, I always like talking about this piece. So just let me know when you want to expand something. Okay. So for, for me, uh, what has happened, I think, in the um, entrepreneurial world, the personal development space, is we've been telling people for the last 10 years, you don't have to sell. You just have to do social media. You just have to do whatever. You have to write a book and, and people will just come to you. Now, there's a version of that that's true because you can't uh, be everything to everybody. So the right clients need to come to you, but you still have to ask for business. Yes. And um, so most of my clients come to me because they're not making much money um, at all, or they've gotten to a certain level, they've gotten to $100,000 a year or $200,000 a year, and they just can't get past it, whatever it is. And um, the first thing I ask is, did you ask for business? And the answer is usually no. Um, not as uh, straightforward as I would like my clients to be. Now, when I say that, people think of the used car salesperson, that they're just on top of you and on top of you, but there's actually a process that's much more easier for the, the person who's selling and the person who's receiving it. And the first thing is, and this is the piece that we all do well, when you need to connect. Oops, Okay. You need to connect. And when you connect, we all do that well. We go to networking, we build relationships, but that's just one piece of it. What right. people don't do is they, when they hear someone say to them, oh, that sounds interesting, they may get their card and then they don't follow up. And I tell my clients, if someone says that in a networking event, then you're to say, hey, it's you know difficult to have a long conversation here. Why don't we get on the phone or meet for coffee so we can talk more and put it on the calendar right then mm -hmm. and there. You know, take your opportunities. When someone says something positive about your services, it's now time to go to the next step. And I'd say 75% of the people don't do any version of that at all. So, so go ahead. No, so I was going to say, so, you're, so in, your, in your sales process, what you're basically saying is the first step is to connect with people, right? Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm a firm believer if you're under $100,000, all your sales has to be offline until you get closer to 100000 and then you can do some online stuff. Can you please, uh, But it seems to be the opposite, and that's why people aren't making money. Can you please, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, can you just please repeat that for the listener because that is like the golden rule. Everybody, golden thinks, rule. That, everybody thinks that I need a funnel. I need, you know, Infusionsoft. I need ClickFunnels. I need this. And I'm not saying that those aren't great tools, but you and I know that there is a certain place and time in your business when you implement the tools. Can right. you please tell the listeners one more I will time. tell the listeners this at, with my own example. It took me, I went from zero to 100,000 in 14 months. I had a crappy website, I never did anything online, and I barely sent an email. Everything was offline, and I did it through several ways. Networking and speaking, mostly for me, but right. the other ways you can do it, you can find referrals, speaking, networking, sponsoring. Um, the last one is affiliate, but you gotta wait to do that over right. uh, after $100,000, but that's all offline. And can I, can I follow up with that and say sure. this? I did the same thing. <laughs> yes. This is how, like, let me just say this to you. With a full-time law practice, right, yep. that was making, you know, multiple six figures, mm -hmm. when I decided to go into the space of business coaching as a business and legal strategist, helping entrepreneurs make more money and legally protect it, that's the space that I am. That's the, those are the entrepreneurs I serve. But when I decided to do that, even while running my firm. So almost as a side hustle within 12 months or less, a little under 12 months, I was able to make six figures in that business. And the reason why I was able to make six figures, and like you said, I didn't have a website. Mm -mm. I didn't have a funnel. Nope. Right. I didn't use Facebook ads. Mm -mm. Right. I'm going to tell you what I did. I did the same thing that you did. I went to networking events. I got out from behind my computer. I talked to people. I yes. did what you said. I connected with people. 
I yeah. made sure that people, you know, and I listened. I didn't talk about myself because that's what people have to do when they connect with people. Wouldn't you agree? Sometimes people talk too much in the connection process about themselves. Absolutely. No one cares about you. Thank I'm just going to say it. No one cares yes. about you. Yes. They only want to know what you can do for them. Yes. And that's what you do in a sales conversation. Right. Once you go from connecting with them and them understanding you can help them the way you did your messaging, messaging is important at this point, then you have to have a sales conversation. That means in person, on the phone, and yeah. I don't like messenger and text. I just don't think that works until you've had them at least once as a client. But some people claim that, and I, I, I just don't like it because I don't think you build as much of a personal relationship. So oh, I do I mine on Zoom, on the phone, or in person. I love it. I agree. And then part of the connection, um, and I'm glad you mentioned this, it's the human connection. Yes. Reach it. I call people, I don't even, I'm going to, I'm going to expose my age a little bit, but back in the day, it was like, reach out and touch someone, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. The new commercial with Verizon is, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Because of the cell phones. But back in the day, the, the, their message was reach out and touch someone, right? Because we weren't so, we weren't so, um, um, computer connected, so to speak. Right. Right? So yeah, so it's interesting. Okay, so in your process, you indicated the first thing that that um, entrepreneurs need to do is they need to connect. They need to get out. And right. you talked about one of the some. Of, you talked about a few ways to connect. You talked about they can go to networking events. You talk. They can get speaking engagements. Right. They can do sponsorships. Right. Those are some of the basic ways that they can connect. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing in your process you talked about was after they connect, they have to actually follow up. They have to have a sales conversation. Yes. Because they have the sales conversation. That's where all the magic happens. Okay. Tell us about the sales conversation. Yeah. So it's, you know, I, my system is connect, capture, close. Mm -hmm. Very simple for my beginners, especially. Um, is once you're on the phone or in person, however you're doing it, you have to capture the right information. Again, it's all about them. So you can understand where they're at now, where they want to go, and enough about their process and their business so you can formulate a plan um, for them in the moment. So once you gather all the information in there, get their set of questions, there's about, you can choose from about 10 of them. I don't advise doing all 10, but the basic ones are, tell me about yourself and your business. Um, tell me about, um, the big dream, the big why, where you want to go. Um, tell me where you're at now and tell me why you haven't reached it yet. In those four questions, you're going to get so much information. You can now see where your services or products can help this person. There's some more um, other questions that kind of lead to some natural yeses, but I'll just, so I can talk more about the process and then you can ask me some questions. Once you know that you can help them, authentically help them, you have Mm -hmm. a plan in your head, you need to ask them permission if they want to hear what you can do for them very important that they give you a yes in that moment. Can I just say? Yes, absolutely. I just want to interrupt for a moment because you, when you just said that last piece about Mm -hmm. the the permission. So just so that we stay clear, because I like to be organized with the listeners. You talked about connecting, right? Mm -hmm. And then you just went into the sales conversation and you talked about those four questions that you can really ask to find out where they are and where they want to go. All right. So you can kind of get some of those pain points so you can have a conversation around that, because like you said earlier, they only care about what's in it for them. And when you're listening to them and when when I do my sales calls and my sales conversation, I tell, you know, my clients, when even when I train my clients on the sales process, Mm -hmm. I tell them during the conversation, when the client is speaking or the prospect is speaking, you're kind of like a cricket. You really want to listen. Because yes. in order for you to, to get the, when you give those four questions out there, like where you are, where do you want to be in your business and, you know, all the questions that you gave, you have to hear what they're saying. You Absolutely. So Absolutely. excited to be ready to just offer them something, hear what they're saying. Be, right. Because like you just said, once you hear what they say, your next step is going to be to ask them permission that you yes. can share with them and for, because you formulated a plan. So while you were listening to them, you actually came up with something that can help them move their business forward 
faster because that's your expertise, right? And I would recommend you take notes during that time so you don't forget. And it's important that you understand active listening is, is only you asking one little question or one clarification, and then you shut your mouth and let them talk. And if you need clarification, just ask the next question. Here's a problem. Uh, this happened even when I trained other therapists, and all humans do it. The minute people start hearing about someone else's business and all those four questions, they're already at the end of what they're going to do for them instead of staying in the moment. Yes. And that person is not with you at the end. So when you do that, you lose the sale. So I always train people to ask the next question, the next question. not the end question. And that's just a few words from you so they can keep going. When you feel you have all the information you need, you want to make sure before you move on and ask that permission, is there anything else you want to tell me? Because you'd be surprised. I love it. I yeah, love it. That's an important question. And you know what's interesting? Because because I have, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like you. I have a lot of experience when it comes to right. sales because I've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even in my law practice of 19 years, yeah. um, even in my law practice of 19 years, even today, I don't have a funnel, right? <laughs> even to this day, like, I, I, you know, I just, I just updated my website for my law practice maybe three years ago. So right. for 15 years, it was a website that I just created just so that I could have something out there. But so, yeah, again, this was like, a, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it became a multiple six-figure business without right. any of that. So I really love and appreciate this. And the part about it that is important is it's been selling. Yes. Selling has kept me alive. It has. Being good at, you know, connecting with people. Um, I'm very, I always tell people you can't be a success and a secret at the same time. So totally that's why agree. you see me traveling. That's why you see me at network. I mean, you know, we attend E-Women. We attend all these different events. We, we go do. there. We speak there. We sponsor. Um, this is really about getting out, being visible so that you can make those connections. Because right. like you said, for you, your process, if you heard her process, Laurieann Reed's process is to connect, to capture, and close. Right. That's the process. It is a process. It's pretty simple. There's a lot of things that go on in there. And uh, when, um, so let, so capture is the next piece. You're asking those questions. And now when you get permission, now we, you're going to present your offer. Okay. So here's the other funny piece. I didn't re- I really have a formal offer until just recently. I just sold what I knew I could to that person because I understood what they needed. So I have to tell on myself. It. So now I'm just getting my offer together um it's actually now on my website but, but that's, um, no but let, let, before you talk about that yeah. listen entrepreneurs yeah. i hope you caught that nugget that she put out there and i'll tell you this even when i'm doing uh, listen <laughs> let's be really transparent for a minute because we want to yeah. help people with sales i hope you caught that here's the deal people if you're an entrepreneur you have to sell and you have to be in business yes you do need to have an offer but if you are good at sales, and here's the thing, if, you're, if you have a prospect on the phone, you have an offer. It's just not formulated. Right. All an offer really is, is that you have a solution to someone's problem. That's Absolutely. really what it is. So if you're on a sales call with someone and like, let's just, let's just say you do have an offer because I'm sure you've been in this situation. You're yeah. on a sales call with someone. You have this offer all mapped out because this is what you are ready to present, right? Because this is why people don't close either. They need yeah. to understand how the difference between the amateurs and the experts, right? Yes. So you have this thing, you're ready to sell it. You have it all packaged out, but now... Now, if you did what Lori Ann says, if you are an active listener, if you heard that person say they had certain pains and and certain issues and things they wanted to address, but that offer that you're ready to present really didn't, that you're ready to present really didn't incorporate all of that. Right. You need to, in the blink of an eye, be able to switch up. Yep. Even if it's change a few things around, because here's what I do in my sales conversation. I'm so sure you do the same thing. So what I'm hearing you say is, you're not making enough money and you're not going to be able, you're scared you're not going to be able to send your kid to college. Right. Absolutely. That's a pain point. It right? is a pain point. That's a pain point. 
So if you're listening, if you listened in that first part, then you are going to make your offer based on the results that person needs, not the formality of the offer. Exactly. And And that's what you do. And if you are helping them with sales and someone says to you, you know, I'm scared that my business is not going to generate enough money. Then when you get ready to make your offer, I'm sure in the language you go, listen, I have this system and you will be able to to make this amount of money within this amount of time and your son will go to college. Now, now, you have her, now you have that person's attention because you just let her know you have the solution to her specific problem. Right. Right. Not that you just have this general offer floating around. Right. You have to make it specific to that particular person's right. problem. And I and love that. When I tell my clients, it has to be result oriented. Yes. And that's a hard one for a lot of people. It's why I'm repeating it again. You're, when you sell to people and people buy from you, you are demonstrating that you can get results. And when people re- buy from you again, now you're really knowing that you have proof of concept and you can help people. It's and those little nuances that you can put in your language as you make your offer based on the results that person needs. And, and so I have- want you to remember that language is so important. At this point, when you make your offer, several things are happening language-wise. You have to make sure you're speaking not only around results, but the language of trust. And you also have to have your voice of inspiration so they understand that they can do this, that you're motivating them. Like, yes, I want, darn it, I don't care how much it is. Here's my credit card. I'm going to do this. That's where those three pieces come in. And would you say that one of the biggest parts when you say you have to be able to communicate and use language for results, please let the listener understand what you mean. These have to be tangible results. Tangibles. You know, when you tell me um, I empower people, that is not an intangible. I mean, that's an intangible, not a tangible result. Like all the psychology work I do is really intangible. It's not something I start with because I know they need it. So don't get me wrong. You will know they need other pieces from you. But listen, you're making $2,000 a month. We got to get it to six as, as quickly as possible because my philosophy is when I first start with someone where either the goal is to either double or triple it depending on other factors. But if you go beyond that and the first time, your psychology can't hold a big gap. It's, everyone has this. So, um, so the plan is, yes, we're going to triple your money. We're going to do it this way. We're going to um, do this. We're going to do that. I mean, I will say at least three to five things uh, just on that alone because that's what I sell. And then some of the intangibles if they're really interested in them. But the tangibles are the most important. I agree. Because a lot of times when I work with my clients, even when I'm trying to help them with messaging um, and they're saying, you know, I help, you know, women entrepreneurs, you know, live the life of their dream. Oh my God, I want to throw up when I Right, exactly. And then I go, go, well, I go, well, why do they want to live the life of their dream? Well, they want to live the life of the dream because they want to be able to send their kids to college. Well, why do they want to be able to send their kid to college? They want to be able to send because they didn't get to go to college. Well, why didn't they get to go? Because their family didn't have money. And you just have to keep digging. You have to say, and what's the next thing about that? And the next thing, that's how you dig. Or sometimes you may ask, someone tells me something crazy and I go, well, what's the story about that? Exactly. And I get the next layer. What's the next story about that? Because really they're telling themselves a story if it, the tangibles aren't there. They, they're wanting this big dream for themselves and it's really not about their clients. Right, so, it's right. And I yeah. love it. But, but I think that that's really critical for entrepreneurs to understand is that at the end of the day, you know, you have to be, when you sell, you are selling results. Right. right. You're not selling your, your product, whatever you, you, whatever your tool is. Like if you're a web designer, that's the tool. But what is the result they want? Nobody really wants a website, but they want customers. They want clients. They want. Right. Right. So your, yes. the pro, your product is the vehicle to get them the tangible result. Right. So sales is about talking about that tangible result. That Absolutely. They, it's not. And I, I tell my clients, stay out of the process. 
Nobody cares how you're going to get the No one buys process. No one Not buys even my therapy clients when I did therapy. They exactly. didn't give a crap That's on how I was trained. They wanted to stop fighting as a couple. They wanted their kids to get good grades in school. And they, if they went through a tragedy, they wanted me to hold their hand until life was a little bit better. That is it. That is it's it. just there. And that for entrepreneurs, it. you've... I don't know. I really do blame the internet, but you cannot stop looking at your business through the lens of sales, no matter if you're under a hundred or over a million, it doesn't matter. Right. So everything should be as simple as possible for where you're at. And it doesn't um, detract from what you're trying to do. It needs to be as nicely presented as possible. And it, no matter what you do needs to be looked at through the lens of sales, every single thing, whether you're writing a book, Later on, and do not write a book if you're under 100000 Please don't do that. I know everyone wants a book, but it is right. such a waste of time under $100,000. Now, let me just say this to you. Um, what do you think is the biggest challenge that women entrepreneurs or even entrepreneurs in general have around sales? What's their biggest challenge? Well, for women, um, it's, it's all about the asking. They don't want to ask. They think if they just connect and they're nice and everybody is their professional friend, someone will figure out and come to them. Those are their relationship builders, but that's all they do. And they usually build low-level relationships. Um, men, on the other hand, they're kind of the bulldozer. They, they do, they're kind of the bulldozer, and they yeah. don't think about some of the nuances around trust and language that I end up having to teach them. But for women, it's about they hate sales. They don't want to admit it. They love what I do, but then they will walk away and go do a funnel. Right, because right. they think they can bypass it, and they can't. They right. absolutely can't. Right. And when you say bypass it, they can't bypass that, that first step, which is connecting, getting out there, networking, speaking, meeting your prospect and right. then going to the, you know, you can't, you can't get to out of the connect. You can't get to the capture part until you do the connect part and you right. can't connect through a funnel. That's another, that's a whole nother conversation. I know. Right? That's a whole nother conversation. Because hey, listen, I have sold for some big name people. And their events. And it all goes through a conversation. I don't care if they're yes. 7 million, 10 million, 20 million people. When they sell, unless it's a small $20 product, but it is through a conversation. Yes. If they're not with them, times, one of their coaches. And yeah, and then a lot of times what people don't even understand, even with the bigger gurus and the people that are doing the ads and all these other things, mm -hmm. they started off connecting. They yes. start yes. off with the ad, they didn't start off with the funnel. You start off connecting. And yes. like you said, this is what the, the listener needs to understand. If you are making under $100,000 a year, mm -hmm. you need to be having lots of sales conversations, lots of connecting, lots of getting out there, lots of exposure, lots of visibility. Yes. Because the more of that you have, the more capturing you can do, the more conversations yes. you can have. Right. The more conversations that you have, that's going to allow you to become even better with sales. Because even when you believe you are good at something, the market is going to confirm or dispel whether or not right. that's the truth. So the only way you know you're good at something is if, if the people are buying it, right? If Absolutely. So several things happen. Um, I'm always also looking things through from a psychological perspective. So when you're having a lot of uh, conversations, what happens is, you get to improve your messaging because if they're glazing over, you know, your messaging just stunk. Right. If you uh, don't have many um, leads or, or anything, buddy, to have a conversation with, you're not out there speaking, networking. So the, your business talks to you. And if you're not closing enough clients, if you're not closing at least 30%, then you suck at sales and you need some training. And we, you know, it's just important to understand if you connect, then you capture and do all these things we've talked about. When you get to close, it's a simple sentence because if you've done everything right in the connecting capture point, it is a simple question of, are you ready to get started? Are you ready to do business with me? Are you, whatever words apply to you, it's only one or two sentences waiting for them to say yes. And if they say no, then to go back and work with the objections and then close again. 
love it. I love it. So you heard here, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from the queen of sales, Lori Ann Reeves. She gave you a process, which is to get out there and capture. She talked about networking. She talked about speaking. She talked about sponsorships. She talked about after you do that connecting, how you have to capture and how you have to have a sales conversation in person, over the phone, over Zoom, not through your funnel, not through your website, not through your text message, not through your bot, right? You have to have have conversations because that technology is great, but it's a time and place for it. If you are under $100,000, you really need to really be getting getting out there doing those things. And after you connect with them and after you're capturing with them, then you want to be able to close them. And you shared with us the best way to close is to really be able to, after you ask permission to let them know what you have to offer to help them, then you close them by simply offering them the solution to their problem. You are presenting it in the form of a tangible result. Yes. Focusing (laughs) on your processes and your vehicles and your tools. Focus on a tangible result. What is it that your prospect needs what is the solution because sales is just a transformation of inspiration of a solution right absolutely absolutely if you help your clients you have done your work in the world now i want to ask you this thing what do you say to the entrepreneur because there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there and there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are building their funnels they are, you know, sitting at their desk. They're building out their programs and they're building out products. They're building out. They don't have any clients, right? But they're building things and they're, you know, they're, they're putting Facebook ads together. They're doing all of these things. They have no clients. Right. And so we speak, don't even know. Speak if to it's that entrepreneur. Speak yeah. to that entrepreneur. Stop it. Stop it. And because you have no clue if it's going to work. You know, my business has evolved in the uh, the last five years. What I would have put out three years ago is now different. But I'm also at multiple six figures, and I can I know what works now because I've had tons of sales conversations, and I have refined my message. I know, um, you know, that my clients work one on one with me. We're just now building our first opt-in funnel, like a, like a long opt-in funnel. We had the right. original one and that's more robust. And I'm at multiple six figures and I'm just finishing up my book. I'm at multiple six figures. Yeah. Um, I'm just, um, I'm getting ready to launch in the fall uh, a course because right. now I know what works. But oh, if you do I- that all before, you waste time, you yeah. waste money, you waste energy yeah. and you're broke. Can and I say this? to be broke. I love it. I'm glad you mentioned that because here's the thing too. I want to say this about online courses with people, with online courses and with books and all these things. The best time to do an online course or to even do a book or anything like that is after you work one-on-one with clients, after you've serviced people, because it's not until then. Like I have an online course. I created it a year after working with lots of entrepreneurs because all I had to do, it was repurpose my content. This is how I took my client from step A to step Z. So right. now I'm going to, I did it with my one-on-one client. Now I'm going to be able to do it on an online program. Then I'll be able to do it in a group program. Yeah. Then I'll be able to put it in a book. Then I'll be able to talk about it on a podcast. There's right. a process, right? There is a process. a process. When you know what works, then it can become all those pieces of content. You have to start with where you're at. And here's the thing. It's your responsibility to make money. If you declare yourself an entrepreneur and business owner, and if you don't do that, then please get out. I mean, seriously, if you're not willing to make money, because that's why I know people, their purpose and all that. I will only, yeah, there's some of that that's important. Don't get me wrong. Um, But if your purpose in life you feel is one thing and you can't make any money with it, it doesn't do you any good. Find a job and do your purpose somewhere else. And I know that sounds harsh, but no one clients, I have to tell them, why are you doing that? It's not making you any money. Let's fine tune it. Let's find something a little, maybe offshoot of what you want to do. It's not a complete do-over. It just needs to know how the strategy is important first, then the intangibles are second. That's um, really all it is. And you've got to make money. Right. You can't stay in business. Here's the other thing too. Even for the people who have these passions and they have all these desires and dreams, mm-hmm. you cannot serve the world broke. You can't you change can't. the world broke. You mm-hmm. can't 
make a massive dis- difference in this world growth. And right. I don't know why people don't understand this. It's not, you know, money is not the root of all evil. Pe- no. It's people that maybe misuse it or abuse it because right. you know what I always say? Money is is a magnifier. If you're an idiot now, money's just going to make you a bigger idiot. If you Absolutely. are a giver and you are into philanthropy, money is just going to make you give more. So money is not going to change you. Money is going to magnify you. And Absolutely. We- and we see that all over. We see jerks out there that are uh, millionaires and billionaires and we see good people. Exactly. So that's not the issue. The issue is you need to stop looking at making money as a problem. Yes. I get a lot of pushback, Chevelle. Well, you're all about money, Lorian. No, what I'm all about is making sure you and your business survive, that you can go on and do all the great things that you want to do in your life and for others. If I can't get you to make money, all of that's gone. It's gone. I love it. What is the, what is the one biggest nugget you want to leave with these entrepreneurs around sales and making money? to embrace this, to actually say it's okay for me to make money and who do I have to hire? Who do I have to invest in? Who do I need to help me? Because obviously I'm not doing a good job. If you're under $100,000 or you're stuck at a level and you're not, that means you're stuck and you need help, get it. It will save you time in the end. It will save you money in the end and it will propel you forward three times, five times where you are right now. This is the fact. This is what what I'm going to leave with them. At the end of the day, we all have a responsibility to take care of ourselves, if nothing else. We have to have a roof over our head. We have to have food. We have to have necessities. We have to take care of our children. We have to take care of our families. You can't do any of that broke. You can't do any of that with any money. You need money to survive. So you have two choices. Get a job and make money. Or open a business and ask people to buy your services by offering them tangible results for the problems that they have. Those are the only options. Pick one. Yes, absolutely. Go broke or or have the money you need. And if you decide you really want to be an entrepreneur and serve the world with what you're gifted at, then get the help on the sales. Because I'll say 90% of people don't know how to sell. And, And it can be taught. It can be taught. You may not be the best at it, but we can teach you enough where you can make money at what you want to do. Lori and Reese, thank you so very much for stopping by, having this wonderful money conversation around sales. Lori and Reese, everyone, she is the queen of sales. She's been doing this. I, I, I tell her she's been doing it since she came out the womb. She just didn't realize <laughs> she was doing it. Um, but she does a great job. She helps entrepreneurs, you know, triple their income. Um, like, you know, you heard her stories of her own personal successes and there's many successes with her clients. So can you just let them know how they can stay in touch with you or what can they do to be a part of Lorianne Reed's world? The first thing is the gift. You just have to go to my website. It's laurieannreeves.com. And right there, you'll see where you can take a quiz on the pros. It'll, it'll give you a report on the pros and cons around sales for you, your personality. And it's a great basis to know what you do well and what you need to improve. So uh-huh. that's the first thing. And on there, we, um, we will also send you something to have a conversation with me if that's what you want to do. Um, you'll be in our email list and you can also reach me uh, through the website if you want to just chat right away. I'm willing to have a conversation with you around all of this because it's a passion of mine because I want your success to be real for you. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the wonderful Lorian Rees was here. You heard her process on connecting, capturing, and closing because at the end of the day, sales is the lifeline. It's the bloodline of your business. You have right. to sell. If you're not selling, you're not serving. If you're not serving, you're not staying in business and you may as well just go and get a job. Unfortunately, for many entrepreneurs, they're not willing to put in the hard work. But if you want to get the results, you have to put in the work. It's not that difficult to do if you follow her process. So keep in touch. Thanks for stopping by. It's been a pleasure having you. I want you to enjoy the rest of your day. And everyone else, let's continue these conversations weekly. They're very important. They're going to help you move your business forward faster. And as I always say, your opportunity may be lying on the other side of an obstacle. So I want you guys to keep soaring uninterrupted until the next time talk to y'all later bye bye
Thank you for listening to this episode of Sorepreneurs Uninterrupted with Chevelle McPherson, where entrepreneurs like you get empowered and educated with business and legal strategies they need to build and scale successful businesses. Join us every week as we continue these entrepreneurial conversations. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, please visit ChevelleMcPherson.com and click on the podcast link. Be sure to subscribe so you get notified when new episodes are released. Remember, your successful business may be on the other side of an interruption, so keep soaring uninterrupted so you can have the income you desire, the peace of mind you deserve, and a lifestyle you've designed. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.